Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap here on January the 3rd of 2019. That's such a weird word. To, that's such a weird year to say. It. That might take a little bit of getting used to. Ot19? No, I'm not going to do that. Right, well. that, makes, that makes it sound like we're, you know, a century ago. What if we do it like a Mega Man game where we're just like 20x9 and just <laughs> let people's imagination fill in what the X stands for? Honestly, that sounds better than 2019. Like it sounds less awkward. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I want to know. You know, eventually we're going to reach we're going to reach a point eventually where that's no longer the future, though. So I mean, it happens all the time. Like that's it's yeah. like the old school joke was the Jetsons. Like that was a great Harvey Birdman joke when he's like, "We're here in the year 2002," and they looks at the calendar. It's like 2004. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick, I want to mention something. So, uh, do you want my my candid review of Aquaman? Sure, why not? Uh, so there's there's gonna be brief spoilers for okay. literally one thing, and it's okay. the only thing that really defined my thoughts of the movie. So the entire plot is like uh, like the fucking uh, Atlantis sunk. It's a bunch of Aqua people. I don't know if this is part of the Aquaman comics, but they're like split into seven tribes. And the various tribes get more and more aquatic and weird. So, okay. like, one tribe is, like, actual waterbender kind of shit. Like, they can manipulate the water. And then one tribe are actual fish people. And then ones are kind of like these Abyssian, like, uh, like almost piranha-like creatures. And the, the, the goal of the fucking Ocean Master is to unite them. And in the last ten minutes, of the, for some reason, it's very important he has four armies of the seven. Because, like, two of them are gone. So he needs four of them. In the last ten minutes in the movie, he goes for the fourth tribe, which okay. are the brine, who are talking lobster people who are nice. all British pirates. And nice. the movie gave you no time to adjust to this. Like they're just like, we must take the brine, and they pull out over the brine, and the one's like, oh, you get down there, you skinny way, gonna rip out your cock, and you're just like haven't you seen a lobster pirate before? Like, hold on, guys. You gotta give me a little bit of time to get accustomed to this. And there's, like, giant crab walkers and everything. And I'm like, I'm not against all of this. I just wish we had gotten more than ten minutes with these characters. As, like, one gets pinned out. He's like, I'll curse you from David Jones' locker, I will! It's like, alright. Somebody like, really liked the second Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Uh, you know what? It was uh, the most memorable part of Aquaman, um, as I give it an astonishing uh, three fish out of seven. I'm coming up with new scales. Okay. Got to reinvent things. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That's how we're bringing in the new year. I did hear from uh, from someone that I was like. Uh, because they're like, yeah, I was talking about the movie and, I, and it's, it's garbage. And I'm like, OK, but was Jason Momoa hot? He was like, yes. I mean, so. he has like th- there's a point where he, he finally gets the trident. And I uh-huh. think I don't, I don't, maybe they just forgot they only needed to do it once. But I think there's like four or five different shots where he just has the trident in front of him. And it's just he gives a smoldering look from behind it. Doesn't do anything. It's just that smoldering look as he holds on to it. I'm like. I think we got this back there <laughs> a moment ago, guys. Well, well, if you got Jason Momoa and you're not going to have him do a smolder out of the camera, what do you even have him for? So That's true, I suppose. 
Yeah. Okay, Chris. So, for those of you who didn't uh, who didn't realize it, uh, 2018 is over now. What? The year has come to an end, and uh, whenever that happens on Weekend Recap, we always take a little bit of a break from talking about the week-to-week manga, mostly because there is a lot less week-to-week manga. I mean. I guess we t- could talk about the chapter of World Trigger that came out today. And honestly, talking about World Trigger for two hours sounds like a good time to me. But we are going to take a little bit of time to look back at the year that we have had reading manga, uh, all the new stuff that has happened, and uh, all of the suffering that we went through in order to entertain you, the viewer slash listener, depending on what medium you're watching slash experiencing meme you're experiencing with the manga recap through yeah we're like a drug you put into your system yeah there's a lot of different ways you can you know ingest it imbibe it we're the lsd of podcasts (laughs) that could be your new tagline nick what's good business cards made with it so many different ways you could interpret that and (laughs) good and bad (laughs) you can't stop with just a little bit (laughs) It'll fuck up your brain, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, let's be real. <laughs> yeah, it will fuck up your after, brain. Yeah. After long enough with us. You'll be able to smell colors afterward. <laughs> Shit. I might need to start listening to this, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't listen to my podcast. Are you, are you kidding me? That's just yeah. garbage. <laughs> I'm terrible. Why would I listen to me? <laughs> hate the sound of my own voice. Um, so... <sighs> Where to begin? I guess that we'll just go over like uh, the recommendations that we took. Do you think? Yeah. So we, we yeah. took uh, a good series of recommendations this past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 by my uh, by my count. I very very well could be wrong. It might be seven thousand for all we know. Yeah. yeah. Every week we reviewed seventeen manga. It was a really crazy year, guys. I mean, we um, do that. You think about the number of chapters that we've actually covered, like <laughs> yeah. So we reviewed a lot of different series this year, and I think we we uh, our goal was kind of always to try to hit on different like highs and lows of manga, and I think we actually have a pretty good range of series that we talked about mm-hmm. this year. So like yeah, start- some forgettable ones, some really good, some really bad. Yeah. So, for example, the first series we took this uh, past year was Komi-san Can't Communicate, which mm-hmm. is, is the anime for that out at this point? Oh, I don't. I think it's coming out, but I don't know if it's actually out. Yet. I don't even remember anything being announced about it. So I thought I heard it was getting an anime. Mm. But uh, that was, I think, maybe the highlight of the year in terms of at least reading something that we didn't already have a pre-established position on. Like... You know, we, we it was a it was a nice surprise, uh, a great way to start off the year. Yeah, it was a, a genuinely charming series, very funny, uh, amusing. Uh, there are a lot of points where you're just like, I I feel for this poor girl. People won't help her because they're too busy being fucking enamored with how beautiful she is, and she just really needs someone to like push the button so she can cross the street or something like that. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a super fun series, and uh, it was really good. Uh, and we followed up with Helk, which I had to stop for a minute. And I was like, Helk, Helk, <laughs> Helk. And then I saw the guy from it and I was like, oh, right. Oh, right. I, that's why I don't remember anything from this. <laughs> it was um, 
it definitely had its moments, but it was kind of the same joke over and over again. Um, there were definitely some more, there was a bit more dramatic weight to it, I think, than we were expecting mm-hmm. uh, at certain points. But even so, the one part of Hulk that I remember is that weird penguin thing that was really annoying. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do vaguely remember that guy. When he like comes coming back from the island and he's just like, make sure you're careful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like God, he's yelling all the time, and I can like hear his voice in my head, even though I'm just reading it. Uh, then I have that we did the ancient Magus Bride. Yes, uh, that was actually a pretty significant series. It was kind of uh, gained a lot of traction at the time mm-hmm. because of the anime coming out and people kind of being exposed to the the premise of a girl is sold into slavery as a romantic. Yeah, pretty series. much. Yeah, and then yeah. you're like, oh wow, there really isn't anything to that sort of like premise. It's very quickly sort of abandoned. Yeah, and yeah. It just becomes like a hey, I love my monster skeleton giant boyfriend dude. Yeah, it was a lot sweeter than I think we were expecting. I think we were expecting it to be much more uncomfortable than it actually was. Yeah, especially seeing how a lot of content we consume, whatever the moment of like someone being purchased or sold, especially anything with Hero, you're like, oh, no, this is exactly oh, the path God. this was supposed to go down based on what I thought. <laughs> uh, then we had, uh, we continued our bizarre adventure, our bizarre Pokemon adventure with mm-hmm. Pokemon Adventures Fire Red and Leaf Green. And Emerald. Don't forget Emerald. And Emerald, yes, technically. As much as I would like to forget <laughs> Emerald, that it did happen. It's a very important thing because it's the big crossover event. And I, I enjoyed it. I can't remember anything that happens in it. <laughs> I tried to sit here and I was like, Honestly? What did, what did they do during it? Honestly, despite there being some great, you know, standout moments in it, uh, because, you know, there's the part where they all unleash their ultimate moves. It's the part where, you know, all of the protagonists come together. Uh, you know, all, all of them are in one place for the first time uh, since, you know, the end of Gold and Silver. Uh, it's honestly not the best stretch in terms of just stuff that's going on. And because Emerald's such an uninteresting protagonist and because uh, the Fire Red and Leaf Green is just... It's not a traditional bit of the the uh, series because these are two characters that we've already followed before. So it's there's not like a single moment where you could be like, OK, yeah, this was a great character development moment because all the character development moments come from fucking Emerald. And I hate him. Yeah. Uh, after that, we did Yona of the Dawn, mm-hmm. which uh, has gotten like officially translated, I think, at this point and everything like that. So. Uh, it's another one I had to stop to remember stuff that happened in it. It's like, that's where she finds, like, the Power Ranger people and shit like that, right? It's, in, in a way. Uh, it's the one with the uh, princess who has been betrayed by a military general, and she has to go around finding the different uh, dragons. Well, guys with powers of the dragon, basically. And it's uh, mostly an adventure with elements of reverse harem. Then we continued our JoJo Bizarre Adventure with JoJo Part 5. Uh, no, 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 Chris. Hang on. Hang on. You're forgetting something very important. Okay. <laughs> we also <laughs> covered the Shiori experience. That oh, one ma- God. Fuck. That's right. I thought that was just that one manga that I forgot. At <laughs> one manga with the girl who was possessed by the ghost of Jimi Hendrix. 
or a guy claiming to be the ghost of Jimi Hendrix, because he certainly didn't act like Jimi Hendrix. No, not at all. It was as though someone had been described Jimi Hendrix. So he's a black man who likes rock and roll. (laughs) That vaguely understood who he was. (laughs) And then that was also filtered through Google Translate. And then they were like, that's Jimi Hendrix. They created the whole thing based off that. It's like that one bit, that uh, one uh, joke that uh, John Mulaney has about the New York Post. It's like it's someone was it, uh, it's like the news was described to you by this crazy woman who lives on the corner of the road. Is like, hey, what did a giant Tiger Woods wife say say to it? Uh, ah, he, she said, "Beat it, bozo." <laughs> and that's where you get where you get your news from, from professional publication. Yeah, that's what Jimi Hendrix's life was like. Exactly, like he was a horny black dude who loved rock and roll. As you guys all remember from all the uh, the documentaries VH1 yes. had on, yep. That was actually a little-known fact. The Shiori experience is actually just a transcription and then uh, given picture design of a VH1 behind the music about Jimi Hendrix's life. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, then, the we did jo- oh, then, yeah. <laughs> then we did JoJo Part 5, Gold Wind, uh, which was the part I was least excited to talk about going into the JoJo adventure uh, outside of Part 1. And I ended up being like, this is actually pretty solid. And a lot I think of the stuff was my favorite, honestly, that we've covered so far. So there you go. Uh, then some monster <laughs> decided to recommend the strongest legend, Kurosawa. <laughs> and in a we year, read it <laughs> in a year where my mental health has never been lower. <laughs> I still felt like that was an uncomfortable blow to things. Did you, did you come away from it thinking, at least I'm not Kurosawa? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, at least I'm not this fictional cartoon character who, I mean, I don't know how you're still holding on, man. I guess that's the hope <laughs> I hold on to. Is I'm like, if fucking Kurosawa keeps his shit going, then maybe. <laughs> yeah. I, I just there were so many moments of discomfort and like, God, you're just making the worst decision imaginable if you want to make friends, dude. It's a very, very sad story. That is. I still don't know if we were supposed to sympathize with him or laugh at him. I still don't know. I think you're supposed to do both, but um, no, it's not an easy <laughs> thing to manage. Uh, then we did uh, Hinamaru Zomu uh, or Hinamaru Somu, uh, Sumo, I guess is a better way yes. to pronounce it, uh, which I believe has gotten an anime now at this point. Hey, oh, you've ow. said that about uh one series that you were wrong about. Um, so <laughs> I, I think Comey is getting a, an anime. Hold There's on. nothing about it. I bet we're going to find out very quickly. Now, Hinamaru did get, get an anime announced. You're correct about that. Okay. Regardless, I take no fault for any of these suggestions. Oh, apparently, apparently it actually did premiere a couple months ago. There you go. I'm, fucking, did premiere I'm right on it. So the fact that we've heard nothing about it beyond that, good sign. <laughs> well, that's, I think we had that very similar experience reading the manga where we're like, uh, huh, well, it started off okay. I don't know why uh, at partway through it's, it drops all the side cast and just becomes one dude story and he's not the interesting yeah well, good don't you love hinamaru isn't he the most interesting character in this manga yeah. uh after that we took a look at why can't i get a girlfriend which, which answered the question yeah. i every so <laughs> often, clear. 
every so often I'm going through the pictures on my phone and I always forget that I have the one that's just him being like, and that's the first time I ever learned to respect a woman. And I'm like, God, fuck, that's such a shitty series. Uh, then, of course, as though that one was bad enough, we then jumped into September, September yeah. and we talked about Flame of Rekka. It wasn't good, guys. It was it was really bad. And I went through the entire challenge of reading all the volumes because it's before the new Shonen Jump came out and I could have just fucking <laughs> read the goddamn website. Uh, and it was very bad. Yeah, it was I, I completely bad. agree. It was awful. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm sorry that you uh, had to re-experience it again. Mm-hmm. But you got it out of your system. Yeah, I'll know now that it's it sucks and keeps. Yeah, you got it out of the way. Yeah. yeah, like I know it doesn't get better. So there's a piece in that. Then we talked about Bloody Monday. Can't remember anything about it. It was honestly a palate cleanser. It was awful, but it was awful in a fun way. There you go. Uh, and Utah Nova, another one that I'm like, don't remember anything about it. It's by the guy who did uh, Flowers of Evil, and uh, it was about the ghost who is horny. Oh. Right, the ghost sex series. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, okay. It's all coming. So back. many manga in a row with awful protagonists. <laughs> really? <laughs> like I, I, like I, 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 I need, I need to hang on a second. I need to go back in time for a second here. I am sorry that I just hated on Hinamaru for focusing on its protagonist because he is like. He's, he's like the t- subject of a great American novel compared to fucking all the people that came after him in that in a row right there. <laughs> fucking Toto and Seiya and then like Flamaraka and then the hacker dude from Bloody Monday and then horny ghost guy from Utah Nova. All awful people. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a real uh, cavalcade of bad leads. Uh, but it changed with the next one when we talked about Bastard, the uh, the webtoon, the Korean webtoon. Oh my God! It was, I'm so glad that we got like, because <laughs> when you look actually look at the list all in a row, there's like because when you just look at it overall, it's like, oh, we covered some good series here. But then you look at the stretch that we had in the entire second half of the year. <laughs> there were like two good series out of the last six or seven months. Yeah. Uh, and then we talked about Goblin Slayer. Which nobody was angry about, and everyone has uh, cautiously agreed to to be uh, okay with our thoughts on. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least as far as I know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> don't read the comments. No, uh, we we. Read no, <laughs> why would I do that? <laughs> we read Goblin Slayer. Neither of us particularly enjoyed it. It was a premise that kind of ran itself out pretty quickly. On uh, yes, for our yes. for our opinions, and then we finished the year off with So I'm a Spider. So what? Which uh, was a very odd follow-up to Goblin Slayer because it was the same kind of series, but with the twist of like, now I'm a whippy little spider. Uh, so, um, and I definitely enjoyed that a lot more. Uh, out of like the last, it's probably like my second favorite out of the last five months of the of the year of the recommendations that we took. And I don't think it made my top three. So, uh, all right. So you want to do you want to start off low and then go high? What would be your three? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that's uh, let's do that. Yeah. OK. Um, 
Let me think. Let me see if I actually because I, I didn't actually write anything down um, for this. Uh, okay, third least favorite of the year, or third worst, whatever you want to call it, for me was Bloody Monday. Okay, it was bad, uh, but it was so bad that it was actually kind of entertaining to me because the shit that this guy was doing made no sense. He somehow managed to hack into literally everything. Uh, there were incompetent villains. That one stretch where, like the the one villainous spy woman goes, uh, "Yes, we kidnapped his sister and then released her and then took her back. So this way, he'll know he has to work for us." It makes no sense whatsoever. It's like we kidnapped her and then gave her back and then took her again. <laughs> hey, there's a. Uh... A simplistic logic to all that when you think about it, you know? Because uh, if they took her again, then it would be like a Rochambeau. And they can't, like, it would be like, what? I don't know. I'm just trying to think of lot like, <laughs> non-sequiturs that they would follow. Like, kidnapper. This, this time, they, they, you see, this time they did punch buggy, no punch back. <laughs> it would be like four times and then... You have to you have to pay for a college tuition, uh, <laughs> but one more time beyond that, and uh, I'm pretty sure uh, she she gets to take any, like one thing from your house. No matter it's like what. a constant, it's like a constant stream of double or nothing, yeah. but it's with super serious spy plot. <laughs> Second least favorite was was the strongest legend Kurosawa because it just made me feel very sad, um, and. Uh, Honestly, I don't know if I ever actually felt like Kurosawa deserved to make friends. <laughs> and uh, number one with a bullet was fucking why can't I get a girlfriend? Because fuck that guy. He's <laughs> such an asshole. Uh, same vein, my number three would be why can't I get a girlfriend? Uh my second least favorite would be Flame of Record, which honestly isn't a worse series than Why Can't I Get a Girlfriend, but I paid for every volume. <laughs> and yeah. It just it stings so much more. Uh, and then uh, my number one is Strongest Legend Kurosawa. I, wow. it's, it's, I, and look, I recognize it's not the worst series, but that's the kind of shit I want nowhere in my life at this point. Like, I can't. I stopped watching BoJack for a reason. <laughs> but I was like, hey... <laughs> He has a kid now, right? He certainly gets better. Like, no, I think it gets a little bit worse. How is that possible? Hey, he's got a kid and he's happy now. I was like, yeah, he kidnapped that kid basically, though. I was like, no, he recognized he destroyed her life and is fine with sabotaging himself further. I'm like, oh, God, why? All right, let's do it. Oh, you were talking about Bojack, sorry. Uh, Oh, yeah, no, sorry. Uh, I was thinking about that one chapter where Kurosawa learningly grabs that kid and he has the whole fantasy about him going to college and stuff. And then he gets back and, and they're like, okay, give the child back. <laughs> Fuck, yeah. We called the police. <laughs> that is a very sad chapter. Let's talk about our favorites instead. Favorites. Oh, my God. That, honestly, like, I think that it was more difficult for me to decide on my favorites for this year than it was uh, my least favorites. Um, because there well, there's just quite a few positive uh, ones that we experienced this year. Uh, ones that, uh, I'm not going to say either Jojo or Pokemon, although, like I said, Golden Wind was very, very good, uh, in my opinion. Um, I think that, uh, let's see, third, third favorite for me was, was, uh, let me make sure I'm not missing anything before I speak this. Third favorite for me would have been, uh, Komi-san. Okay. Uh, 
I mean, just one of those things where it's like you really connected with uh, the actual characters you were supposed to feel for in it. Um, I don't know if there was a single instance where like I felt more empathy for a character in the series that we read this year. Uh, second for me was, I just forgot what it was. It was bastard. Sorry. <laughs> Which, uh, was, uh, terrifying. It was discomforting in all the, in all the right ways. And, um, again, fairly felt for the protagonist in, in a very different way, um, than for Komi-san because it was a much less relatable situation, but, uh, still, um, he his life sucked and I really want him to get that happy ending, which he did. So good. And uh, I my favorite actually of the year was actually uh, Yona of the Dawn or Akatsuki no Yona. Uh, it's a series that I keep on meaning to go back to and read more of. And I just can't seem to find the time. So I just occasionally look back at the uh, tab that I've got uh, where it's just like, hey, read more of this. So. Uh, as you were saying, I think honestly, because a lot of people were saying like, what a bad year for recommendations. I think, yeah, there's certainly a very long stretch where there wasn't even stuff that was like average. It was stuff that we're out like, this is not very good. <laughs> and I don't know who to recommend this to or anything like that. Uh, but I think this was also a year where we had like some really solid good entries. So like my number three would be like the ancient Magus's bride, which <laughs> I, I, I enjoy. It's not maybe necessarily the thing for me, but I thought it was, you know sort of a beauty and the beast style kind of story that I'm like, yeah, I can dig it. Uh, but the top two I have are supremely excellent series in my mind. I, I My number two would be Bastard, which I greatly enjoyed. Um, I thought it was, it was really cut down to what we were looking for in Halloween month again, which is mm-hmm. normally like, hey, we got out of Ghost Sex the series. And I was like, oh, wait, no, it actually... Like, hey, this series, getting... the series with a bunch of boobs in it. Was, I mean, there's a skeleton shows up at some point, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then my number one would be Comey San Can't Communicate. Uh, I love that series. It was it was extremely cute. Uh, it was a very adorable, very heartwarming sort of series. And very and like legitimately funny too, in a way that yeah, uh, we don't often get when it comes to to comedy manga. So uh, I really appreciate it. it. Was a it was a great way to start the year. And then um, you know, if you just ignore like Goblin Slayer, we ended off the year on pretty good notes as well. <laughs> Uh, Steve Mann will be very pleased, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Now, Nick, we like to do something here where we're going to talk about all of the, the series that we discussed throughout this year, uh, but also try to see if you can guess where they were. Okay. So there's, one I'm, there's, one, <laughs> there's one I'm outright discluding, and that was Astra. Because I tried to find chapters. That was like a, that was like almost at the very end uh, of the run, anyway. So yeah, and I couldn't find where I could read chapters of it anymore. So I just I disclude that. But we're gonna go in alphabetical order. So Nick, where do you think Black Clover was at the start of 2018? Uh, well, if I remember correctly, so when we did our Christmas special last year. Uh, Zora was uh, an important character in it. Yes. So Z- Zora was in the series at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was our favorite character from the series. So it had to have been at the very least at the tail end of the Royal Knights tournament thing, which made me realize nothing happened this year in Black Clover. We moved so little distance from where we were at the start of the year because they would have 
getting set to infiltrate the uh, Midnight Sun uh, freaking facility or hideout or whatever around this time, I guess. So, Nick, I'm going to blow your mind a little bit. Even less happened than you thought. The first chapter of 2018 was when Rade's Sally and the other guy attacked the Black Bulls headquarters and Henry was revealed at the end. God! So they had already started the infiltration... Uh, Patry had already like killed those three and like sent them away and they came back. Uh, so we were in the middle of that. Uh, and then I believe we had the whole leash Patry, whatever you want to call him, uh, fight with the wizard King. Uh, and then we kind of have had what has been a, a sequence of the resurrected elves thing. Mm-hmm. And fighter. Mario Leona pretending mm-hmm. to be dead or whatever, or not pretending to be dead, but looking like she was going to die, and then right, 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 right. Fuego Leon coming back, all that sort of stuff. So basically, it's been like fight after fight after fight after fight after fight after fight. Almost exclusively, yes. Yeah. I mean, which is part for the course for Black Clover, but mm-hmm. it has just been really weird, especially because Black Clover was a series that we would kind of complain about the breakneck pace of it. And I guess it's still been kind of keeping the same amount of momentum, but because like so little plot relevant stuff has happened beyond the Wizard King getting killed uh, and the resurrection actually happening. Yeah, like <laughs> it has, I guess, done when you think about it in universe time, like a couple hours has passed this year. <laughs> yeah, basically, I, I think it maybe did one of the things we were kind of hoping it would where it would focus more on side characters Oh, absolutely. Uh, but yeah. then it also didn't do that because Astasil showed up to save Lux from the Magma. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, all right. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of side stuff that happened. And we did get some pretty cool moments. Uh, Vanette, or um, Noelle revealing yeah. her powered form. Her and Valkyrie thing, yeah. Uh, that big fight with uh, the Wizard King. So there, there is stuff that happened. But yeah, when you look at it and you're like, wow, fuck, Henry was revealed at the start of this year. You're like, fuck, I, I could. I was like, are you fucking shitty me when you said that? I was like, I thought that happened a year ago. <laughs> or two years no, ago. No, yeah, no. All right, so let's go on to Dr. Stone. Nick, where do you think Dr. Stone was at the start of 2018? This is going to be tough because, uh, I mean, <laughs> by contrast, a lot of shit happened in Dr. Stone. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. I think... I'm probably not going far enough back on this, but I think we were around the time where it was like the tournaments to decide the the the, the village's new chief. A little bit afterwards, actually, the tournament had okay. ended. The first chapter of this year was when Senku saved Rory's life from her sickness after he became the chief. And oh, okay. The, the very end of it, end of it was when Rory revealed that she knew Senku's father from those recordings. But she just dropped like, "Hey, I know you're Senku Ishigami or whatever." Uh, but there's another thing I want to note. Uh, that chapter was also called Dr. Stone. So I think we've had like... Oh, there have been multiple... <laughs> I think there's... Like, well, this is Dr. Stone. So out. that was Dr. Stone in the arc that was not called Dr. Stone. So it's different, Chris. <laughs> it's very, very separate. And this one is spelled out Dr. Dr. Stone. So oh, instead, of, instead of having the abbreviation. Yeah, so maybe that's the defining feature that separates them. But yeah, I mean, when you look... We're going to find I, something on Dr. Stone to hate, so... <laughs> Uh, so much happened to Dr. Stone. You you had the... Oh, yeah. I mean, everything revolving, like, Hyoga, uh, Hyoga and fighting that army against Tsukasa. And then even at the yeah, end of the year, 
I don't even think Hyoga had been introduced at the start of the year yet. Yeah, uh, in our superlative awards, uh, Hyuga is recommended a couple times as the best new character. So there's there's a couple uh, things where we just had to kind of discover those. But a lot of stuff happened to Dr. Stone. And we, as I say, we're still getting new stuff right now. Like By the end of the year, we were still getting like the hot balloon and all that sort of stuff and uh, Ryoka and everything. Uh, right. Now, Nick... Where was Food Wars at the start of 2018? Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, okay. I'm gonna I'm, gi- I'm gonna I can you- only assume. I'm going to give you a hint. They were okay. still in that giant fucking team battle tournament. Well, I was going to say, it's like, it had to be during that. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think, if you go back to our last episode, like last year recap, we were also still in that team battle tournament. I mean, like, it would have had it would have had to be, you know, because of that. Like, um, so I. <sighs> there was a specific matchup. It actually was during. Right, right, Sorry. right, right. I, I, I figured. Um, was it between Momo and and uh, Megumi? No, this was actually a little bit after that. You have one half uh-huh. of it right, though. It was Momo and Arena when they began their Shokugeki in the second to last round. I guess when you think about it, like we've actually gotten a good distance into this uh, this new arc after the time skip of Food Wars, so it is interesting though because we haven't had a ton of development in that regard. We're still like you forget that in the middle of this whole blue thing, there's supposed to be the whole like uh, Asahi vengeance on Soma kind of thing, and you're like, I guess that's really kind of taking a backseat to the fact that they yeah, have like, yeah, five yeah. gate trials to pass and. A bunch of clowns to fucking yeah. like fight and all that. There's no fucking way the next year I'm going to be able to remember whatever fucking tournament matchup is happening between some Dark Chef and Takumi or Megami or what the fuck ever. I think we'll be in the second half. Did we so, did we so, finish the did we finish the thing between Sarge and Soma or not? No, I forget. Soma didn't actually reveal his uh, dish yet. Okay, the, the, so that's what's going to happen next week then, and there is no way in hell I'm going to remember that next year. <laughs> All right, Nick. You're going to be like, there was Sars, the woman who had the chainsaw. And I'm like, I <laughs> forgot about her. She had an uh, explosive cooking or something like that. Charge cooking. Uh, Nick, where was My Hero Academia at the start of 2018? I've got a pretty good idea about this um, because I have a pretty good idea of the timeline that actually happened because we uh we, of course, have been going through this whole classes 1A and 1B fights. Uh, before that, there was the uh, school festival, and we were, we were actually doing stuff prior to that. So I think that we were either at the very, very tail end of the overhaul arc or uh, at the part where Bakugo and Todoroki had to uh, babysit some kids. Yeah, you got it on that second one there. It was when Bak- uh, Bakugo, Todoroki, and uh, this is how I wrote it. Those other Kami two, and Yorashi. The, those other two decided to work together to pass their provisional license makeup test. Uh, quote, with all the kids and shit. That's how I wrote it. Uh, they hadn't actually finished it yet. They were right in the middle of it. Okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, a little bit of stuff happened. In got a new mind. one. All right. Uh, not a was ton a, of stuff when you think about it. Yeah, though. Well, there was the gentle overall, stuff, I guess. Is yeah, overall, I would say that this was probably a weaker than average year for My Hero Academia. 
Um, but that said, there are a lot of great uh, moments for a lot of the side cast, especially uh, that's been one of the things that has been nice about this class 1A versus class 1B thing is that it's kind of been a focus on some of the side characters. Uh, there was a lot of good stuff that happened during the gentle and uh, the school festival stuff. It was a very different and very important aspect of being a hero. All the stuff that they did with Aerie uh, during that uh, first half of the year. So. So, Nick, with one good guess under your shoulder, can you parlay this into a straight, a straight running the table now? Where was. Uh, the promised Neverland at the start of 2018. This is oof, okay. I can only assume it was at some point during the Goldie Pond thing, but that might not even be going far back enough. Actually, now that I think about it, I almost when I because I was trying to think about this uh, yesterday because I knew that we were going to do this with me trying to guess things. And I almost want to say, like, going as far back as, like, when they were encountering, like, the tree and the vines and and oh. stuff. Uh, you're going back actually rather far at that point. Yeah. Because so still- when we got to that far, I was like, well, that was, like, right after they escaped from the, from the compound. So that couldn't be it. So. And I think that they had already encountered Mujika and the other one. Sanju. Sanju. I think that they are encountered them prior to that. So I want to say it was that they had uh, that they had already gotten to Goldie Pond. Uh, it's actually a little bit after that. It was after the first encounter with Luvis where Emma failed to save those two kids. Okay. So it starts with her recovered from that. And then this is actually the chapter where we meet all the Goldie Pond kids. Uh, and I guess uh, to our detriment, they do actually introduce the various characters of Goldie Pond with what their fucking stupid profession is. So they do establish like Zach's a medic and I don't know, fucking Nigel is a gadgeteer or some bullshit like that. Expertise does not a character make. <laughs> and uh, at the very end, they reveal that Lucas is is, is alive. Right, right. So that's, okay. that's where they're at. God, it was so easy to forget all that stuff, though. <laughs> Uh, and I guess you, uh, the entirety of the Goldie Pond arc is this year, and then the the very short search for the Lion's Den or whatever that was, where the time skipped happened. And then the Andrew invading their base, and then now Aunt Anna's an important character. We gotta save Chris. She was essential to be here. I have to find the medicine with Aunt, with Emma. I found the medicine with Emma. <laughs> Let's get out of here. <laughs> Nick, One Piece. Where was it at the start of 2018, do you think? Fuck's sake. It was during the, the whole Cake Island arc. <laughs> you got it right there. I have no fucking clue where You're, it was, Are though. you saying One Piece, with its normally very chaotic pacing during those massive arcs, you can't name one singular moment that was certainly the start of the new year? Uh, Let me see here. I can I can almost assure you that you might be able to guess the time frame it was in, but you couldn't guess the exact chapter. Was it after Sanji learned the truth about pudding? Yes. Okay. It was after that. I, I, so... I mean, I'll give you enough to say the wedding's over at this point. Far over. Oh, geez. Well, in that case, uh, I guess but that you, they were. But you do have to remember there's like 40 chapters of them escaping. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, was it like the start of Luffy's fight with Katakuri? 
Uh, no, that was started at the beginning of the end of last year and finished up this Uh-oh. year. This was kind of happening. I'll, I'll just tell you, the chapter that began this year was when Big Mom attacked the Straw Hat's ship in the middle of her hunger pangs. Uh, but that was happening while the big arc was going on, and, or while the big fight was going on, and I think they were there in that point for like another two to three months before they actually like escaped. So there was a pretty big stretch there where they they kind of had to continue things. Like Luffy wasn't even on the Straw Hat ship right. yet because he had to go through the mirrors, and there was the whole escape through one mirror, and there was Oven, and yeah. then there was Big Mom's ex husband getting presumably killed. Yep. Uh, if you want to just change your your mic setting back. Uh, while I let everybody know that there was a lot of stuff that actually happened for One Piece this year. We also had... Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah, we had the entirety of the uh, the Reverie arc that was kind of, like, started then stopped. Uh, we got all of, like, the fallout to that sort of stuff. We had the big reveal of Emu. Uh, we had all the sort of little deals with, like, the new members, or I guess not new, but the various members of the Revolutionary Army that we didn't know. Uh, and then started the Wano arc and finished the first act of it as well, apparently. So uh, I guess we, we got a decent chunk into one piece this year. Yeah. I, it's going to be so difficult to remember the stuff with the reverie because we spent so little time actually focusing on it Mm -hmm. before jumping back into the action and the uh, more, I guess, immediate stuff that was happening in Wano. So uh, Seven Deadly Sins, Nick. Can you guess where Seven Deadly Sins was at the start of 2018? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming some sort of fight was happening. <laughs> Actually, no. Really? <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a fight happening at this point. Okay, hang on. It was almost the opposite of a fight. Hmm. Although it did end with someone getting laser blasted. <laughs> well, then I, God, I can't, I can't remember a thing so, honestly. The end of last year, or I guess 2017, revealed uh, Merlin's origins, and this, this uh, 2018 started with her parlaying with Zeldris in the sky, and they had like their their talk about some things. He was there trying to grab their, um, uh, what do you call them, commandment. Uh, and then at the very end of it, Ludashell laser blasted him from the, from the fucking Earth <laughs> and like shot him into space and some shit. Uh, so it's tough to really tell where that is in the place of the story because so much fighting and stuff has happened since then. Uh, I guess it's just easier to say that this year was all of the Esterosa male stuff, all of the uh, Melodious and Bond and Purgatory stuff. The, the great demon fight with Chandler and Cusack. Uh, a lot of various small things. Uh, King's whole like transformation and deal and everything like that. So a lot of stuff there. Um, yeah. But it, it started off on a rather uh, not insignificant but forgettable note of like, yeah, remember that time Merlin like parlayed with Zeldris <laughs> in space and then he got laser blasted at the end. Well, and it was like, didn't it all turn out to be a big distraction, I think? Yeah, that was... That was, a that was the entire time. reason she was actually doing it. <laughs> yeah, because he got laser blasted. Uh, Nick, where was We Never Learn at the start of 2018? 
Was it a Hot Springs episode? <laughs> no. I'm gonna, Nick, I'm going to give it to you like this. I'll give you a point if you could guess whether or whether or not it was a Kirisu chapter. No? It was a Kirisu chapter. It's, yes! the, it's the one that introduced the Haru. Oh, God. <laughs> And she came back just in time for the end of the year. <laughs> just in time. She really she really bookends 2018. God damn it. It's, a, uh, it's awful that you can say that. <laughs> it's it's worth noting though that despite that being the bookends to it, it was actually a very significant year for We Never Learn. Oh yeah, uh, a lot of great stuff happened in We Never Learn this year. Was is it better than Nisekoi, Chris? Yes. I still stand. Damn by. it! Still stand. By. <laughs> you never learned, Chris. <laughs> now we're gonna have another Kirisu chapter. Nope, it's the best. I'm gonna give it series of the year now. Um, but Nick, you only got one right out of those, and I'm afraid you need two to stay on the podcast. But luckily, what? There's one more left. Nick, I got close with one of them. Nick, where was World Trigger at the start? <laughs> when it was last not on hiatus. They were getting set for one of the Rank Wars battles. You got it. You did it! It was a bunch of characters having a conversation about a Rank Wars match. Yay! <laughs> How did you guess it? I think that have I gotten that wrong, that I would have needed to turn in my World Trigger fandom. <laughs> yeah, like, here you go, Annalise. I don't deserve this anymore. This you can just be an extra big fan of World Trigger, and I'll stop being one. Sorry, <laughs> extra big fan of World Trigger, but whatever. Extra, All right. extra. All right, so... With that said, it's time to talk about some superlative awards. Because obviously we could just say, what's our favorite series of 2018? <laughs> but that's, there's so many other things. So uh, before we even get to this, I want to give a, a big special thanks to Ninja in our Discord, who uh, and everyone else who helped kind of compile their thoughts. I uh, put together an entire list of all those things, uh, the various superlative awards, uh, the audience picked their their favorite, so as we kind of reveal what we thought ours were of these, I'll also mention theirs. Uh, I did have to trim down a lot of the nominations because we're not the fucking Oscars, and we're not going to do ten uh, nominees for Best Picture. Fuck that nonsense. Uh, but there's a ton. It's hard to get more people to tune in, Chris. Yeah, we need a most popular category too, so we can not nominate Black Panther for Best Picture, but not offend everybody. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> what a shit show. <laughs> uh. So we have uh, various categories here. I guess best villain, best hero is kind of like the best. Like, best character. Kind or, of thing. Or, or like, well, it's like best actor, best actress. Like it's the two things. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. I think the Oscars bookends them. So let's start with best hero, Nick. Okay. So the nominees that I pulled from this, because again, they, they have a lot out there. Uh, but the ones I pulled from here would be Erina from Food Wars. Senku from Dr. Stone, Emma from The Promised Neverland, Deku from My Hero, and Elizabeth from Seven Deadly Sins. I am going to go 100% with uh, Elizabeth. Okay. I was incredibly impressed and surprised by the fact that she stepped up into a new and influential uh, role after spending so much of the first part of this series just as the tag along as the damsel mm -hmm. and uh she's got you know superpowers now and uh, she has an important role while still not while still being a, a basically a romantic lead at her core but she is 
taken a lot more of a uh, an active role in the plot. And I was very surprised by that over the course of this year. So absolutely going with her. Uh, and I'm going to go with the audience uh, where they picked uh, with Senku from Dr. Stone. I think Senku had mm. a really good year. He had a lot of inspiring moments. A lot of moments that show, despite his super intelligence, there's definitely a human side to him. And it was nice getting to see those moments every now and then. You had to, the moment of him crying at his father's grave, but pretending he's not. And the moment with uh, Sukasa where he just keeps having a conversation with nothing until Sukasa's like frozen. Uh, just a lot of very solid moments from this year that I really appreciate. And I, I, I always admire a hero who's like devoted entirely to like nobody dies. Uh, and that was his entire MO when it came to the, the war with uh, Sukasa. So let's talk about, mm, let's do best new character, Nick. New character. There's a lot right. of new characters this year. Uh, there were. And I added. Especially because we keep on adding series to the recap. So Indeed. And I added a couple that weren't on the list then as well. Um, so hold on a second here. I need to try to find a way to get both of these up at the same time. All right. So here are the five that we took. And there's a couple here that aren't in the, the list for the audience recommendations. But uh, we have Gentle from My Hero. Hawks from My Hero. Kawaki from Boruto. Yo from Dr. Stone, who I added because I'm like, he's fucking enchanting. <laughs> and... Uh, also not added was, but Emu from One Piece, I feel is, is important to add him. He may not have had a ton of chapters. I think he's in a grand total of like two chapters this year, uh, but that is a very significant character. Who is he? He's the guy, he's the one who sits on the the chair. Like there's like, they're like the empty throne. Nobody sits on that. And then everyone. Oh, and he did. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The mask. Okay. So who would, from your list, from that list, who do you think is the best new character? For me, it was gentle. Okay. Uh, I was kind of enamored with him uh, and that whole plot. Uh, I really love his character. I love how he can, he was uh, both serious and uh, comedic um, in different ways. He was, you know, a strong combatant, but also a very different type of uh, combatant with a unique ability. And uh, he had a very satisfying uh, conclusion with that arc. Uh, showed that. Some villains were capable of redemption, which we haven't really seen from My Hero Academia besides that. So, I'm actually going to give it to Bor- uh, Kawaki from Boruto. I, hmm. I think he's definitely the butt of a lot of jokes, but I do appreciate that he seems to be, even if he's a very like fan fiction-y <sighs> sort of constructed almost kind of character, I just enjoy that he's very solid in his foundation and actually gives Boruto a character to bounce off of since his fucking teammates never do anything in that series. <laughs> so it's someone for Boruto to actually interact with and have conversations with. And you're like, Oh, okay. This pushes forward some kind of narrative. I'm sure that it must be different watching Boruto than reading it. Mm-hmm. Cause I know it follows a different series of events, but there also has to be like a different level of balance between the characters. Like there just has to be yeah. as opposed to just like, and now we're going to go into chapter seven <laughs> of Kawaki living with the Yuzumakis and doing nothing. <laughs> uh, I'll note the audience agreed with you in saying that gentle was their favorite new character. Yeah. Now this one, I don't know how to describe it because it's the best new technique slash power. And, uh, not a lot happened this year in terms of like new powers being revealed. That was uh, 
particularly good. So there was like Luffy revealed Snake Man in his fight against Katakuri, and Noelle had her her Black Valkyrie armor or Water Valkyrie armor, whatever it was called. Uh, and then almost every other recommend. Oh, I guess King had his new spear, the true form mm-hmm. of uh, the spirit sphere. Uh, almost everything else is just a different my hero character's quirk being right, revealed. right, so, like, right. Quirk, <laughs> Gentle's quirk, fucking the mushroom chick's quirk. Yeah, pretty much. So I'll 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 leave it to you. I'll note the audience picked Noel's uh, Valkyrie armor. Uh, I am going to go with my Hero Academia, but not with a quirk. Okay. Uh, I went with Shinso's Persona Core's device. I thought that that was a unique way for him to become a more effective combatant. And I think that it's a very good excuse to give him a cool looking mask. So. Uh, God, nothing really stood out this year. I, I guess I'll I'll pick Hawks if only because... At first, I was enchanted at the idea that he just had wings, and they were like, he's the strongest. And they're like, no, he has wingromancy, feather, feathermancy, I guess. He can yeah, yeah, yeah. Feathers, or he has. I don't know. Uh, but that was interesting, at least. Uh, so, again, the audience picked uh, Noel's armor, and then and we picked ours. Mm-hmm. Then there's the best speech, Nick. Okay, I'll, I'll, handle, I'll, I'll, I'll handle this one, okay. if you don't mind. Okay, so best speech, we had a series of different uh, nominees. Uh, there were quite a few, uh, actually, examples that I think that you could go beyond this list, but I'm just going to go with the nominees that we have here. We've got a couple of uh, them from a few different series, actually. Uh, so I think I'll try and do this in, like, alphabetical order by the series. So starting off with Boruto, we had, uh, for all of the shit that uh, we gave Boruto for his uh, scientific ninja tool hate, he did have one where he saw the light uh, during the, when he was uh, trying to encourage Katasuke, saying, uh, hey, you better not be thinking that scientific ninja tools shouldn't have been invented. Uh, and then going on to say that uh, the tools that I saw at your lab were different. They were lots of fun. I couldn't help feeling excited to spy myself. And look at Shimaru. He's doing so well. Those tools were created to make people smile. Not to make anyone feel sad or cause pain. So a nice little after school special about ninja tools there. Uh, Then from there, uh, we've got uh, Food Wars. Uh, Soma's speech to the uh, basically retired noir chef who was uh, getting set to kill himself. And so their task was to serve him a meal for to be the last meal. Uh, Soma's saying, I know everybody's got to go sometime. If it hits you one day that your time's coming soon, then come and see me. The dishes I'll cook up for you then are the only ones fit to be your last meal. This dish right here, consider it the starter to that meal. And now my browser's decided to freeze up. Yay! Is that part of the quote? I don't remember that. It's like <laughs> someone was just like reading it off of his laptop. <laughs> He's just reading various quotes from Facebook. Uh, don't die. Don't give up on life yet, please. No, I. Oh, oh no. Sound <laughs> like you're. You have a lot to live for. Um, this one's being said. By Pass me. me. Let me through the gate. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking old man. Uh, then we got a couple from My Hero Academia. The first one is a speech from uh, All Might or Toshinori to Endeavor, because Endeavor doesn't really know what to do now that he's the number one hero. All Might saying, honestly, I don't know what to tell you. I believe that this country needed a symbol, so I dashed headlong towards that goal. A shining light, hope, a wake-up call for everyone. 
As I ran, I swore that I would become that sort of man. People always had these worried looks. All the heroes in the world couldn't slow the rising crime rates. Much more than that, much more than now, they were truly scared. I brushed off the kindness of others and cut them out of my life. That's the path that I chose. Endeavor the position you've been put in. I know what people are saying. I know a lot of people compare us, but you and I are different. The symbol I strove to be, that isn't the path for you to follow. Take your time to figure out the way you want to do things. And then from All Might to fucking All for One, when he basically, we had the flashback, because uh, uh, Deku had the vision through uh, One for All uh, to the first user of One for All encountering his brother, who uh, has, you know, I mean, you halfway or as tolerance not including your righteous ideals. One for all saying that, you know, the world is in shambles. You keep on using meta powers for personal gain. Uh, and all for one saying, I give back to them, don't I? This one's jaw underwent a transformation. Those fangs just continue to sprout all over. He's a kind, reserved man who has to care for his aging parents. But those very same parents chased him out, calling him a diseased monster. Well, this one has no ability at all. Walking home from work one night, he was assaulted by a gang of metas. The taser he carried for self-defense proved useless, and an attacker with tentacles for hair crippled him. And so he switches them. Uh, and after doing so, should I find myself in need? You two will come. Will come. You two will come running. The world in chaos you speak of, what world is that? What is it you see exactly? I see people in need and a way to use my power for their sake. They needed something to cling to someone. By denying me, you deny the joy that I have brought them. So, of course, like any good villain, he's got to have stupid motivation. Or rather, you know, twisted motivation. So, yay. My browser does not want me to actually read these things, by the way. <laughs> so I'm just going to stop going between tabs and I'm just going to use the uh, one that's uh, been helpfully prepared here. Then we had uh, from the Promised Neverland uh, from Luvis, who was Emma basically tried to get him to see a peaceful way of resolving things between them. What? Da, 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 da. Hang on, fucking. Did he also say that? Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, shit. Hold on. <laughs> fucking Fuck. kids, fucking guns, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, here we go. No. It's a foolish question. Why do you think I waited? I want to hunt and kill you, and I would die happy if I was hunted and killed by you and your friends. You have beautiful ideals, but the world isn't made out of just ideals. One's sense of values, or what's beautiful or ugly, varies. Among us, too. Don't think that we can understand each other. Our only option is to be in conflict. Very poetic warrior kind of way of looking at the world. Mm -hmm. And there was the message left by William Minerva via the phone that uh, Lucas and Emma may, uh, found. This is William Minerva. I believe that you are an escapee. I will say what I need to say quickly. First, I need to apologize to you. I'm sorry. That elevator is the path to go to the human world, but it can't be used anymore. I don't know what year and what month you were in right now, but the fact that you're listening to this means that the elevator still doesn't move. It was stopped. They blocked the path. It's my fault. I didn't expect that the one I trusted would betray me. The settlement that I had made there is probably not to. This goes on for a very long time. <laughs> he gives a very long speech. How small the scroll bar is. It's a very long speech that gives them hope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also not going to read the entire One Piece song that Big Mom and her homies sing. So it, it's worth noting. It's it's the entire song they sing at that, that bookended the world, uh, the whole Cake Island arc. 
Right. So I'm not going to to read the whole thing. It's but it was very we thought the Straw Hats might have gotten in some trouble because you're supposed to think that they're dead. So there you go. Uh, and then actually a couple of examples from We Never Learn, which are, I think, actually both very good. So I'll read. Th- I will actually read them both. Uh, one, the Kirisa makes to Aruka, of course, when they're both in the shower and all wet and stuff. But when Aruka can't, says she can't believe how calm Kirisu stays under pressure. And Kirisu says, that's silly. Nobody can be totally calm under pressure. If you think you need to be totally calm, you're placing unreasonable expectations on yourself. That tension, the expectations of those around you, the pressure to get good results, you can accept and enjoy all of that. In fact, all that tension can help you perform at your best. Once you're an adult, those opportunities come less frequently. That privilege is reserved for those with talent. So seize those opportunities. And uh, lastly, from Fumino, when she finally gets sick of her dad saying that she's not allowed to study astronomy... It's not nonsense. When mom was well, she and I often looked at the stars together, and that's how it started. I love the stars. At first glance, the starlight seems cold and remote, but even Proxima Centauri, the nearest known star to our sun, is 4.24 light years away. When we see the stars, we're looking into the past. We might be seeing stars from 13 billion years ago that no longer exist, and new stars might have already been born that we can't see yet. Just think about it, it thrills me. I love the epic stories of the constellations interwoven with miracles. I love unraveling the names of the stars and imagining what they might mean. Dad, how could anything be more wonderful? All the good stuff and all of that. Very much so. So I'll note the audience was tied on this. Mm-hmm. They couldn't decide between the uh, big end musical with Big Mom or Soma's last word or Soma saying like the only dish then will be the one for your last meal. You're dying old dude uh, <laughs> don't uh, be sad feel glad <laughs> uh, what, what did you think was the best speech of 2018 i am kind of torn between the two from we never learn uh fumino's i think is like the most elegantly put uh but i actually just like the simplicity of kirisu's statement and it seems a lot more like just to the point and profound to me um i think we're gonna actually go with uh, a kirisu quote actually <laughs> Uh, I will be the opposite on that. I'm, I'm doing the I love the stars moment from Fumino. Now, I, maybe I'm biased in it because it's also the most recent one of those speeches to the ones we talked about. And there's a lot of really good ones. Uh, the all for one speech, uh, as you reminded me of it, is is a very good like villain motivator speech. Uh, but I just I. You know what? Fuck it. I'm giving it for the all one. Actually, now that I say it, <laughs> I, re- I realize I'm, I probably like the Fumino one fuck too. Fumino. <laughs> fuck that biatch. Now, I think I like that one a lot more because it's immediately in my memory. But as you explained it, the all for one speech is a very good one. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to that one. <laughs> okay. All right. So now I want to do the biggest what the fuck moment, and I think there's only one real answer to this. Maybe two. So there's a lot of various often, and the biggest what the fuck moment isn't necessarily like the biggest twist. That's a separate category. These are the ones where like, as you're like, what the fuck? What were you thinking when you did this? <laughs> Actually, you know what? Now that, I've, now that I'm reading it more, there are some other ones. So I'll, I'll just run through the list here. Honestly, there's quite a few good suggestions in so, here. <laughs> Asta effortlessly gained a new sword that, re- that directly <laughs> counters the elf possession. Uh, Arena thanking the zombie. That's just honestly, that's just par for the course for Black Clover at this point. So, uh, Arena thanking the zombie for always taught her, despite him being the pretty abusive father from all, all indicators. Uh, that was the audience choice, by the way. Yes, the 
extremely creepy amount of sea like perverted sea animals that kept tormenting fucking kirisu like the dolphin that stole her top top. yeah the (laughs) crab that did something it was a very weird (laughs) weird beach of creatures uh the calamari lingerie collection i honestly i don't remember that one at all but i'm sure it happened it was a reaction that some characters had to a fish dish and the two one of the the hot judge and uh une reacted by transforming into lingerie models with like fish patterns on them i think uh, you know, you know, rivalry with Aston. The desire to be the best is the uh, soul motivator that allows him to overcome his elf possession. <laughs> he really wants to surpass Asta. Uh, this is just great. Numerous moments where Kirishu <laughs> fails at living, <laughs> like claiming that using recipes when cooking is inefficient. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, Azami's gifting strips other people's clothes, which he somehow gained through marriage. <laughs> Uh, Jirichiro tells Soba that he has another son named Asahi, and then he loses to Asahi. Happy as a robot that turns into guns. <laughs> out of all of those, I think that's the perfect, like, out of context one. <laughs> uh, Minerva's group kills demons with melee weapons. I was I was mostly just shocked. I was like, why is Minerva's team, like, all? they all look like fighting game characters. Uh Fifth most popular character, Anna, is apparently good at medicine and joins the mission to save the beloved Chris character. That second part is honestly the more what-the-fuck moment than anything. Like, for we have to save Chris. Ooh. Chris? <laughs> and the bizarrely unrealistic cooking methods used by Les Cuisinaires Noir. I think that we have to kind of discount some of the very recent examples here. Uh, like the, the two uh, Promised Neverland examples at the end. Uh, the, the Quizner's Mark. It's like, guys, that's that's it's it's food wars. What do you expect? Like people to just you know follow a recipe to the letter in food wars? Come on. Honestly, um, the 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 one with food wars that works for me is the Arena one. I'm like, that is like a what the fuck kind of moment. Guys, like, oh come on. A, a zombie stripping of their people is like. That's it's food, food wars. wars. It's a very dumb series. <laughs> yeah, the, the calamari laundry collection. That's food wars. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. uh, that being a character moment, absolutely, I think that that's got to be up there. But I am actually going to go with uh, Yuno's rivalry with Asta allows him to overcome his elf possession. <laughs> I know that that's just kind of what Black Clover does, but when that happened, I was so pissed off. <laughs> Of course it fucking does. I think I'm going to give it to Kirisu failing at living. If only if I can add, beyond the fact that I forgot she claimed that cooking with recipes is inefficient, I forgot how many times this year I was like, I don't know how she wears a track shoot that perfectly shows her underwear beneath it. Like, how does there's that one chapter that's just nonstop that stuff. And Kirisu constantly failing to just exist in life is maybe the entire fun of that character at this point. Mm-hmm. And the last chapter of the year had her taking care of a fucking baby. All right. We're getting down to the big awards now. These are the biggins, Nick. So let's do, this is an art based one. So I understand there's a little bit of mm-hmm. difficulty in that for, if you're listening, but again, if you find the uh, the Google Drive document, it has links to you can see all the images in this. But we're going to do the best two-page spread, Nick. And there were a metric ton 
of suggested ones here. And mm-hmm. I kind of had to parse it down into five that I wanted to, to give special uh, attention to. One, from Eden Zero, even. So Eden Zero gets one nomination that's not a negative one. So there you hey. go. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it was like, <laughs> wait a minute, happy turned into guns, that's a nomination. <laughs> uh, so the one from Eden Zero is the two-page spread where we see the Sakura Cosmos at once, and we see that it's a giant, like, space where all the stars are almost sakura petals floating around it's a very majestic image uh from promised neverland is the goldie pond uh visual after it's destroyed that closes off that arc it just shows you those distinct buildings we saw before beneath the water and then just like the date and then the notion of like goldie pond destroyed it's a very cool kind of closing chapter visual or closing arc visual uh, there was the visual we got of the land of Wano at the start of the, the Wano arc that showed, I think it's called the Flower Capital, I want to say is the name of it, where it is. Uh, but it's it's the one that, that has the, uh, oh, let's see, I'm trying to load it up here, has like the giant hill with a castle on top of it, a big bridge behind it. Uh, it also was like brought into it to us as the readers is like a curtain being drawn open to reveal this as almost mm-hmm. as though it's a stage. Very, very cool. Majestic, uh, visual. Uh, there was the image of Kaido in his dragon form is the first time we saw it also from one piece. And then the face down scene. That was a two page spread between Escanor, Ludashell, Berlin, and then Chandler's Eldris and Cusack. And because Escanor and Cusack are so fucking tall, they're like curved and bent over staring down, uh, their opponents. The audience's yeah. favorite was the Kaido and his dragon form to note. Right. Uh, I am going to go with the six-person stare down. I think that that is one that best utilized the two-page uh, format of it. And I really love the way that uh, it plays with proportions. Uh, there were a lot of really cool visuals between the two-page spreads this year. Uh, there were a whole ton of examples that got, as you mentioned, that got nominated and there were plenty more that I can remember that, uh, weren't even brought up among them, but that was one that I thought was like the most creative. Uh, and also just, there's something very, very appealing about the simplicity of it. Yeah. Just, you know, six characters and it shows off the height differences between them by having them look really pose very strangely. So and the way it, it, bookmarks itself very nicely where one side has one yeah and then the middle are like there's two average height characters exactly yeah i definitely agree that's a great one i'm going to give it to the land of wano visual though uh i consider giving it to the the stare down but i'm going to give it to land of wano if only because i love how the shot itself is not only gorgeous but how it's framed like the opening of a play and the curtains drawing open it's such a crazy mm-hmm. awesome visual that really just like immediately set the tone for what Wano was going to be. And I, I absolutely love it. It's a cool uh, framing device. Let's go to best twist there, Nick. Lots of, uh, lots of objects here as well. Tons of ones to get into, but the, the five we're going to do in is our recommend our nominations. Uh, Esterosa's male, the uh, forgotten or the supposedly dead last archangel. Erina using squid legs and peanut butter in her main dish. <laughs> Kaido has a dragon devil fruit. Hawks is a double agent. And Emu is a figure beyond the five elders who directs the course of history. Mm. Uh, uh, 
If we're just limiting it to those. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of ones on there. Yeah. If you want to pick one that's not on there, by all means. Those are just the ones I kind of narrowed it down to. I think that I am going to go with. Can you go Actually, can you go over them again? Uh, of the ones we nominated? Yes. Uh, it's going to be Esterosa's The Archangel Male. Erina uses squid legs and peanut butter in her main dish. Kaido has a dragon double fruit. Hawks is a double agent, and Emu is a figure beyond the five elders who directs the course of history. I think in terms of just like um, not this isn't for shock value, but in terms of the kind of like satisfaction uh, I have with the twist, I'm going to go with Hawks as a double agent. It really comes at you quickly. And so in terms of like, oh, what a twist, it's like because it takes you by surprise and then it kind of brings you back down right away. So if you're talking in terms of just like, oh, my God, I can't believe it happened sort of twist, then that's not going to qualify. But it's a very good chapter that reveals all of that and really does let you in on what kind of a character he is. And it's very satisfying in that regard. So that's why I'm going with that one. There's there's a lot of really good ones here. But I think the one I'm going to go with is Erina using squid legs and peanut butter in her main dish. It's, <laughs> it's such, such a, a such a long callback. Yeah, it's such a satisfying moment, too, because it would be obvious to the reader if Soma did it in a main dish. I was like, oh, right, right. Soma used the first stupid dish she made to something incredible. But Erina using it in an arc that was so much about her just felt so satisfying. And. While I think the Esterosa twist is amazing and the, the emu twist in one piece adds like a whole nother layer of complexity to things. That's the one I think was the most satisfying twist to me where I'm like, that was really clever and really well done. And I, I like super appreciated that as a reader. Yeah. Now let's talk about the best fight, Nick. We read Shonen. We talk about Shonen. So obviously we got to talk about fights. Lots of mm-hmm. Shonen fights. And we got a lot of really good ones this year. I'm gonna note. Yeah. I'm gonna read these exactly as I wrote them. So just a, a heads up on it. Oh, also by the way, the the audience for best twist uh, said Esterosa being Archangel Mal, and then the existence of Emu. Uh, so these are the best fight nominees: Luffy versus Katakuri from One Piece, Deco versus Gentle from My Hero, Patri slash quote unquote Leashed versus the Wizard King for Black Clover. Uh, Esterosa slash male versus, uh, and this is how I wrote it, fucking everyone, question mark? Basically. From Seven <laughs> Deadly Sins. And then Luvis versus Emma Ray, Yugo, Adam, and Pepe, question mark? The Pepe? I was like, I feel like one of the other kids was there, but I don't remember who, and I feel like it was Pepe. Did you include Adam in there? Yeah, Adam's in there. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, it's gotta be Luffy versus Katakuri. No, oh, yeah, uh, I feel like there's not even a contest here. Yeah. Uh, I would say I will give credit to that, you know, Gentle and uh, Deku had a really good fight that was a different sort of challenge for Deku. And I love the way that it utilizes movement and plays around a lot with the uh, elasticity quirk uh, and how Deku ends up using it against him. Uh, And there's a lot of cool visuals there, of course, especially when LaBrava uses her ability to power Gentle up. But it's got to be Luffy versus Katakuri. Uh, Just such it's just such a. It's one of the best One Piece fights we've had in a long time. Yeah, so. it was it was an absolutely incredible fight. Um, it's tough because it was so spaced out. It, tar- it technically started last year or in 2017, and then we got like the end of it. And it's yeah. probably something that once you could like AMV it down, you'll even be able to appreciate it more because yeah. you're like oh, three years from like- now. Three years from now, someone's going to edit the anime fight to get all together in one long sequence and put it up on YouTube, and it's going to get five million views. So, 
Now let's talk about the most improved character, Nick. This is one of the best categories because we get to talk about how a character has kind of endeared themselves to us in a way that they yeah. did previously. So nominees here are going to be Endeavor from My Hero, Esterosa slash Male from Seven Deadly Sins, Yuzuria from Dr. Stone, Magma from Dr. Stone, and Shinso from My Hero. I'm going to go with Yuzuriha. Uh Magma is a character that like we didn't really hardly know uh, at the start of the year. And so, yeah, he did definitely improve over the course of, of the year. But in terms of a character that pre-existed and we had a pretty solid idea of, and then different stuff was done with them this year, you got to go with Yuzuriha because she became a much more relevant character. And you got to see a lot more size to her uh, that you didn't previously because she was just kind of there before Senka parted ways from her and Daiju. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since she's gotten back, we've gotten to see her, you know, get excited about crafting. We've gotten to see, you know, her skills utilized and make her look cool. Uh, so I'm going to go with that. Okay. I'm going to give mine to Endeavor. Uh, he was a character who a year ago I would have said, I don't know, he's just the bad guy in Todoroki's story. And they went and they've developed him into such a complex and interesting character. I understand it's not necessarily a character everyone's going to enjoy, but I right. above all else appreciate the fact that it, it developed that character as opposed to just leaving them as a one note story. Like there's there's a direction this character can go and who knows where it's going to be, but I feel that it's a much more interesting story to follow than just leaving it as like, oh no, he's just a shitty dad and then just leaving it there. <laughs> and that's also the audience picked Endeavor as well, and they also picked Luffy versus Katakuri for the previous one, by the way. Uh, and finally, the second to last one, because we still have best series, uh, but the best villain, Nick. Nominees yeah. for this one. We have Big Mom from One Piece. Uh, Luvis from the Province Neverland. Gentle Criminal from My Hero. Esterosa slash Male from Seven Deadly Sins. And then Tsukasa slash Yoga, however you want to place it, from Dr. Stone. Right, right, right. Uh, Luvis. Um, I... I really liked uh, the way that he was utilized in the series. Uh, he kind of went down like a bitch in the end because they were just like, we just need to keep shooting him. Just shoot him with a lot of bullets. <laughs> but he seemed like the most intimidating character out of uh, basically all of them. Um, I think that Big Mom was kind of hurt this year by the fact that they just spent so much of it just successfully getting away from her. <laughs> Um, and she, a lot of the, her character prior to the year was just kind of left by the wayside and in uh, favor of just, she's going on a, on a hungry rampage. Mm. Um, I do love gentle, but I don't really consider him the best villain because, uh, he was so sympathetic and he ends up redeeming himself at the end of his one arc. So uh, that's why I'm not going with him with for best villain, despite him probably being my favorite of all those characters. I think I'll agree with you and go with Lupus. Um, even though, as you said, he has sort of a, 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 a limp ending to him. I think he still had some very strong moments. There was definitely like that tension that we initially all felt when we were like, Oh my God, this character is terrifying. And he's, he's basically killed people that Emma didn't want to like, that Emma wanted to save, which never happens. And it, mm-hmm. he had such great speeches and such a great premise to him. This this blood knight kind of mentality. Contrast the effectiveness of Luvis to Andrew. Mm-hmm. Like 
because they did the same thing. Essentially, they killed people that Emma wanted to protect, but it had so much more of an impact just because Louvis killed someone that Emma had actually talked to and knew. And he killed them for the worst reason, which was just to make her angry. <laughs> It, it was directly someone challenging her viewpoint of the world as opposed to yeah. Andrew, who just kind of was. A you guys are food. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, we've done this. I just feel like we need to. Do oh, no. An ironic ending. <laughs> oh, I'm the food. Uh, all right. So, Nick. Final final category, then. What was the best series you recapped out of 2018? This is tough. Um I think that it's tough, though, because I'm torn between two choices, really. Um, if we go over the series that we have, you know, covered a significant chunk of, then we've got Black Clover, which I didn't really care all that much for. We've got Boruto, which whatever. Uh, Eden Zero. <laughs> Food Wars, which I don't think did particularly well this year. My Hero Academia, which, like I said, I think that it was kind of an off year for it. It was still good, but it was not as good as it has been. One Piece, Seven Deadly Sins, Promise Neverland, which I think has really gone downhill. We Never Learn, which I think had a really standout year. And uh, World Trigger just came back. I want to kind of just say World Trigger just because it's, you know, it's back and it's good. But it's we had like five chapters of it, so I won't do that. So really what it comes down to for me is between Dr. Stone Seven Deadly Sins and We Never Learn. And I do, would not have expected We Never Learn, honestly, to be on the short list uh, at this time last year. But I think that we've had a lot of good stuff from it this year. A lot of good character uh, moments from it. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, you know, moving forward with the plot, which uh, uh, we didn't really get a lot of last year. And it's tough because Dr. Stone has been so consistently good at entertaining. But Seven Deadly Sins has also done a whole lot of stuff, like really big uh, steps for some characters that feel like they're reaching the end of their arcs. Uh, a lot of stuff happened with Meliodas, with Elizabeth, with Bon, uh, that whole thing where they were in purgatory, the whole fight with Mail. Uh, just so much stuff really to choose to to choose to go with. And I think I'm going to go with seven deadly sins, despite the fact that Dr. Stone was really, really good. I, I have a similar problem where, with you where I'm, I'm kind of debating between a couple of them. And I, I like Dr. Stone a lot this year. I think it's been probably the most consistently good life of the like series we read where there really wasn't any like strong down point or anything like that. I don't think I can think of a single bad chapter of Dr. Stone or like a single week where we were like, Dr. Stone was not good this week or something like that. So uh, one piece, I think had an incredible year uh, with the, the entire Luffy Katakuri fight, the end of the big mom kind of going in a surprising way, the entire reverie and the start of Wano has been super interesting as well. Um, just the, the, to, like the stakes of one piece's world seem to have gotten higher, which is something I never expected to really see in, year fucking 19 of this series or whatever we're at <laughs> seven dozen Sins, as you said was really really good uh we never learn i think was standout and and honestly world trigger may have only been a magazine for like seven chapters or so but every chapter was great which is uh, maybe 
clouding my vision a little bit because I'm like, every chapter was great, except like, I guess the first one where they're still talking, but even that was like, that's great for World Trigger. Yeah, World Trigger. I'm like, this is exactly what I wanted. Um, I think I'm, I, I want to say One Piece had the biggest highs, especially during the entire Reverie arc. But I think I'm going to give it to We Never Learn. I think it's just had a really surprisingly strong year. And I, you wouldn't have expected that from a series a couple years ago either, or from a, a comedy harem series. But, but being that enjoyable to the point where I, almost every week I look forward to it is something that I want to kind of give an acknowledgement to. Mm-hmm. Even the Kirisu chapter started to get better after a while. <laughs> like that was like the one down part of it. And we, uh, this was the first year we had like four major arcs and all of them were really satisfying and good. I, yeah, I, um, cannot disagree with you. Like, uh, I, well, I mean, I did, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to fault you for your choice. Uh, it was, it, it, we live or learn had a great year and I, it really, really has elevated in my eyes and I look much more forward to reading it now than I did at the start of last year. Uh, if we were going to do like a most improved series, I would 100% give it to, we never learn. So, uh, to note the audience picked Dr. Stone as they mm. their series of the year. And I think that's completely right as well. I think Dr. Stone was super, super solid this year. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. That is 2018 in review for when it comes to weekly manga recap. And there's, there's a ton of stuff to look forward to. in yeah, We didn't go over all the jump starts, but, uh, oh, well, <laughs> I mean, it may not even be a thing going forward just because it sounds yeah. like we're going to have, uh, no more jump starts, except, uh, they're just regular series now. So there'll yeah, be yeah. tons of stuff for us to kind of look at now. Uh, 2019, because of these changes to jump is, is going to be, uh, maybe a shaky year at the start as we figure some things out and find some footing, but the potential is absolutely the availability, the availability of stuff is going to be shaky at first. So, but, uh, hopefully we will settle into a new pattern that will be improved from, uh, last year. And, uh, I really looking forward to getting to talk about some more stuff. So absolutely. All right. That's going to do it. My voice is barely holding it together, Nick. Okay. So I'm going to go on a speech for the next 20 minutes in order to pad out the episode. That's cool. No, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm super pumped for this. Yay. <laughs> uh, so happy. We will be with you guys next week in order to finally talk about 87 clockers or 81. I don't remember the number of the series. 87 um, clockers. Is right. 87 clockers. So, uh, look forward to talking about overclocking PCs, guys. <laughs> That's what the manga is about. Competitive overclocking PCs. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, here's to a year that is even better than the last. Indeed. Da, 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 da. Every time I want to sing Old Lang Side when I first start doing it, I'm like, dun 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 dun. I'm like, that's pop and circumstance. <laughs> well, actually, I say that's Macho Man's theme, and then I'm like, but that's oh, yeah. actually <laughs> pop and circumstance. It has a name beyond <laughs> which wrestler used it for a theme song. 
It was public domain. They got away with it. <laughs> it's like every time fucking Play of the Valkyries comes on, I'm like, that's Daniel Bryan. No, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it, everybody. Happy 2019.